0: Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Coach Brian with Level Up Grappling Podcast. Stay tuned today for part one with our two-part series with the master of pain, Joel Bain. Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a wild ride. (laughs)
1: back to the Level Up Grappling Podcast. I'm your host, Ed, along with my co-host, Coach Brian of PCI Jiu-Jitsu down here in Mission Viejo. And today, we have an amazing, another very, very special guest on the show, the one and only, the master of pain, Mr. Joel Bain, head coach of Snake Pit USA. Um, it is an honor to have you on the show. Coach Brian has always talked about you to me um, and... We're excited for you to be here. And before we get started, just wanted to do a quick plug in for PCI Jiu Jitsu, the sponsor of the show. We're down here in Mission Viejo, California, and we have a very special announcement along with Snake Pit USA because we mentioned this in the last episode that on July 16th, 15th, it, July 15th. Mistaken, 15th yes. we've got a very special catch wrestling seminar with head coach Joel Bain. And so with that, Coach Joel, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, taking the time out to have me. You know, I stopped doing these in 2019 because I just got burned out. Um, but it's, it's nice when you get to know guys and you get on here and do different stuff, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, because it's always the same questions. That I'm like, just go download the last podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it gets old fast. And you're like i love the stuff when you guys show me stuff It's like this is good stuff and plus it's nice you know ed i know we're just getting to know each other but brian you know brian you know how much i love you bro Mm your family to me and uh the snake usa team is more than a team to me it means a lot so anything i can do to always help me a part of that i'm always going to have your all's back you know that so thank you guys for having me thank you so
0: much we're going to have some fun today because uh you know we we got questions you've got answers and we love and I have controversy. No filter, so we're screwed. Exactly. No, perfect. perfect.
2: <laughs> we're totally the afterburners are already on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> We're going straight to hell for this one. That's fine. We're all going together and we'll
0: make a big academy Grappling down call. there. So that's fine. All right. Yeah. Ed, how, how how did you,
1: that. yeah. Well, first off, now I kind of am curious. How did you two meet? Well,
0: so we've been we've been part of that Billy Robinson network for years and years and years. Mm. Right. So it's not a big believe it or not. It's not a big community. If you want to know something funny. So we both have that, you know, Hegan Machado, you know, BJJ style background. Right. Me primarily with Chris Howder and also with Hegan, but primarily Chris Howder. But Chris Howder is under Hegan. Uh, Joel has that as well. Also, get this. I know we may have brought it up before, but there's only four people in the world that have the same cross lineage and cross. Pollinated education that me and Joel have So we both had Billy Robinson And that Hegan Machado style So it's me, Joel Bain, Eric Paulson And a guy named Sam Cresson That's it, out of 8 billion people on the planet There's 4 humans That can claim this Cross pollinated lineage That literally in my opinion Is 2 heads of the same coin It really is
2: It's tough Chasing some of these guys down you know, and uh, I was fortunate enough for years to have guys I swear that just fell in my lap. Mm-hmm. But for Cats wrestling, it doesn't work that way. Nobody nobody falls in your lap, really. You know, it's it's hunting down. The, the closest thing I had to anybody falling in my lap was Sean Doherty from Ken Shamrock's Lions Den. You know, he was one of the original members. Uh, he was actually Frank Shamrock's training, like coach and first training partner when he went with Frank. He went with, he went with Bob Shamrock to go get Frank out of Folsom <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. then brought him back for the tryout that day you know um that was my first experience with us uh, training like catch you know um but before that just, and not to get off topic but my, i remember brian i remember the first exposure i ever had just just popped in my head was in 97 i had a jason martinez my bjj coach gave me a he had the Pancrase vhs mm-hmm. and it was all in japanese i had no clue what they were saying but i was like this is different don't know what the heck it is it's shoot wrestling shoot fighting they're yeah. calling all this other stuff right Mm-hmm. But now we know it's just, you know, catch wrestling with striking, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. This is hard. There's very few people like that, that that have that. Um, For me, it was chasing, you know, having the Olympic coaches. I needed other coaches that could be at that same level. Otherwise, it's almost like I'm like, it's up and down on your standards. Where's the standard going to be? Is who's going to teach me, you know? And when I felt like I kind of, you know, the Floyd Winter, it was the first American ever won a gold medal in Greco. And a two-time national heavyweight champion coach or uh, for i'm sorry two-time national coach um for the olympic team 84 88 uh, dan gable was the freestyle coach he was the greco coach they were gold in 84 and 88 um put seven guys in the olympics national championships it was randy couture's wrestling coach too was my first wrestling coach and he's you know he's getting older he's got parkinson's now that was really when i went out and got Hague, And i was like i i still need a coach Mm-hmm. You know, I still want to be a student first and I needed somebody, I know we're mostly going to talk about catch, but I needed somebody as a coach that could bring in the level of expertise, that Olympic level of some grappling art that I respected with, with yeah. no BS, you know what I mean? No, yeah. no Kool-Aid garbage. And you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah. I don't
2: want some watered down crap where we're going to sit there and just be like a cult, you yeah. know, there's, there's jujitsu and there's a Jitsu cult. And you know what I'm talking about, and, oh. and, and, and and catch wrestling has it too, and judo has it. Every martial arts has that called instead of being martial artists, and that's that's a shame. But um, it's great still having something like we like you mentioned, Hegan, having him come in, and and it's going to be. I know you've been doing this a darn long time too, probably about the same amount of time. And September is going to be 26 years of BJJ, and Hegan can still come in there and do stuff where I haven't had anybody do this in over a decade. Billy was the last one. Where he'll do something, and I have to be like, I need to see that again, because I'm a visual <laughs> learner. Yeah, you know, if I if I see it two times, I can do it. I can I can drill it. I, I may not be able to hit it live, but I can drill it. You know, yeah. he'll do something, and I'm like, what the crap was that? And, and I'll get it on the fourth or fifth try when he does it. You know, no problem. Mm. Um, but it's fun, man. It's exciting. It's exciting.
1: That's awesome. I'd I'd go into asking your history, but honestly, I looked at your your history on the uh, snake pit website and man, that is a, that is a long list of accolades, uh, experience rankings. I mean, you name it, you guys go check out snake pits website. If you guys want to know Joel's background and kind of what, you know, his grappling history. Um, I'm sure you're asked that all the time during podcasts back then. So we're going to skip through that. Um, we've talked about catch a couple times here and there. Um, But we'd love to hear from you uh, to our audience as to what exactly is catch wrestling or catch-as-catch-can wrestling.
2: Well, there's two ways of looking at it. You can look at the sport and you look at the art. Um, We've put on shows that have been on Fight TV. We've put on the biggest shows in the history, technically. Now, when I say that, please take that with a grain of salt. Because, obviously, if you put Frank Gotch and George George Hackensmith in a match with YouTube or a pay-per-view, you're getting a different audience than you would in, you know the 1900 early 1900s right but with the media that we have now we have the most watched catch wrestling matches in the history of the art as far as sport but i don't teach catch wrestling sport i don't give a crap about a three count pin i get i literally get emails and messages non-stop that ask me if i run around my gym and do three count tap outs like slap the mat like i'm like i'm <laughs> referencing matches at the same time and i'm like what on god's earth are you talking about now we use the pin for for so i i believe in the art more than the sport and here's why it's fun to do the sport right i think it's really great especially the way we switched up the rules where you got rid of these these limitless times that just kept going on forever and let's face it today's you know younger generation they don't want to watch a one-hour grappling match nobody does they don't i don't care how what's going on i don't care you can you can do slams bring every submission in you want i honestly don't have the time for it it's not an attention span i just don't have time um so with the sport, last time we did Fight TV in in 2021, um, we put on a big show. We had three UFC fighters there. Um, some of the top grapplers in the nation came in. I flew them in from all over the place, you know, no, just no expenses held back to try and put on the best show possible. And we put on an amazing show. It's all on YouTube for free because mm-hmm. I don't like – it just needs to be out there, right? And they're exciting matches. And we brought in the combat catch matches too, which is similar to pancreas, but not the same because there's no rope breaks you know um there's a couple other differences there's a three count pin so those things are great and they're fun to do but what I teach is the art um and even and Billy was important I wouldn't say he was my strongest lineage but he was the most important lineage because he was like the cherry on top that brought things together for me personally um he really did because as as much as I thought I knew yeah he he corrected me (laughs) in a very uh blunt way where we we actually get along really well because we we get in arguments with respectful arguments because i would never disrespect him but i'm a pain in the butt so you know what i mean but the art itself you know we use the pen to create pain to force reactions to cause entanglements you know you think about rips and digging and and grinding and and using that uh, with the snake pusa program we talk about the priorities of positive control and pressure it, it, and positive control starts with hand fighting, you know, and, and if I, I can't put pressure on you without positive control, and if I can put enough pressure on you, you're going to move. You're not just going to lay there and absorb it and just, you're going to, you're either going to spaz or you're going to start trying to get back to your technique, which is either way going to create a movement. Hopefully right. you're smart enough to get back to your technique. That's the way I train my guys. I don't train them to be the beginners. I train, that's my wild white belts all the time when their promotion to black belt is usually, their promotion to blue belt is usually beating a black belt in expert Naga against the black belt division almost every single time. They go straight from novice to beginner to advanced every single time. There is no intermediate. There's no time for it. And it's it's just ridiculous. Plus it allows them to go straight to the rule set they're already being taught, you know, from day one. There's no limits on what they're being taught from day one. So the art itself, um and again back to Billy, I remember him telling me we had many dinners together and he would say he would even say it's not even a style. He would say it's a set of concepts. It's it's an art because if, if I took a dump on a rug, somebody could call that an art, right? <laughs> um, so, and especially nowadays, somebody would totally call that art. They'd be like, that's your masterpiece right there. And I'd probably be like, heck yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but it is an art. and There's certain ways to accomplish things. You know, we're most vulnerable during transition. So having that, that, that pressure and positive control, what you're seeing more in jujitsu, but you're seeing, and, and we're talking about Eric earlier, right? paulson where he would talk about years ago he talked about this and i saw it on a podcast not too long ago we were both on the same podcast a few weeks apart from each other and this is back in 2019 like i was saying it's been a while since i've done a lot of podcasts Mm. and it was it was a different podcast and he was asking a question that i've heard him that he and i had talked about and he remember i remember him saying one day there's gonna be such an oversaturation of jujitsu black belts that where are you gonna go well what's what's new is old you know, yeah. it's not, and, and and there's so many great athletes out there that are really coming across technique and they, they're, they're rediscovering a lot of techniques that are based in the origins of catch wrestling, calling it something completely ridiculous and moronic because it's all on Google. Mm-hmm. And apparently that that's too hard work to go on Google and actually research something. Um, cause it's, <laughs> it's all out there. My gosh, you know, I'm a history dork, you know, I'm like, I'm, that's what my degree is, is history, but it's am so a history guy and everything. I love you. Guys. How are you going to know where you're going? If you don't know where you came from, mm-hmm. So knowing that with the art technique, you're starting to see, we talk about Instagram a little bit. And I always tell my guys that we were talking about a little while ago, just friendly conversation Mm -hmm. to where your BS boots when you're on social media, especially when you don't see a gi on them, you have no clue the skill level of this person you're watching. Mm -hmm. And if it's a little bit too flashy, just run, just run because (laughs) you have no clue. It's just like, okay, that's cool. But could it be pulled off if you drilled it a million times a day? Sure. Absolutely. A lot of things could, you know, you get you just about anything you can think of. Right. But it gets to a point where we, those same old submissions are still winning that have always been winning in MMA and, and grappling. Not much has changed, but you're seeing what well, you're seeing an attack of the leg locks are coming out of all over the place, but they're putting a spin on it that in my mind is complete trash. The technique is ungodly horrible. Yeah. How many times have you guys seen people put heel hooks in the crook of their bicep and the guy rolls 20 feet? Yep. Twirling. There is no rolling yeah. on a proper hook unless they're snapping their leg. If they roll, they should be rolling into – there is no path of least resistance if it's done properly because it should be down at the edge of the cutting bone down by your hand mm-hmm. and you arch your back backwards. You don't pull them out of the submission, but you have fantastic athletes that are using their athletic ability to pull off these submissions with strength and explosiveness instead of technique, right? Yeah. Can you imagine if they had that te- – it's like me putting on a gi – and saying, "Well, I learned geek jokes from a catch wrestler." It makes no sense at all. You know, you have to go to the source. So, mm-hmm. but again, how hard is it, guys, to find a catch wrestling coach, right? And yeah. none of us, are, none of <laughs> and none of us are purists. There's no purists left. So it's funny when, yeah. when how many how many times have you guys ever heard this? And, and then yell at me if I get off target, because I it, it, how many times have you been said, "Where's all the ADCC and the UFC champions of catch wrestling?" Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's look at the coaches, not the athletes. All of Eric Paulson's guys, all of Greg Nelson's guys. Uh, Greg Jackson teaches catch yeah. wrestling out of Jackson, Willing. That's just three. Okay, you're talking about 14, 15 UFC champions right there. All the first UFC champions from Bellwears from the Lions Den, except for who? Pat Pat Miletic was the only one who endorses his catch wrestling. Who taught catch wrestling? I've talked to him several times. He, we would talk to him about being a part of St. USA on the board of directors. He's a great guy. I love him to death jens pulver was on the shamrock 2000 team he trained also up in seattle with um what's his face uh the guy who's running one yes Matt Hume. Matt Hume, thank you so much yeah. the wizard yeah Matt Hume. Yeah. so you got all these guys all the first bellwars they all were catch wrestlers and mm-hmm. people are like well where's all this dude they're everywhere and you're seeing adcc become no pin catch wrestling is all it is because catcher's catch can means what? By any means available. It doesn't mean by any submission available. It's ridiculous. It's in the freaking Webster's dictionary for God's sake. It says <laughs> by any means available. You don't get to change that definition because you think it's cool. Yeah. That's what it means. So like, so I get, would I pull guard? No, I'd rather be shot in the face. Um, <laughs> it's just, I won't do it. I would feel like I'm going to have to remove my own tampons and just choke myself <laughs> to death on my own tampons for being the giant vagina. It's just so it's not fighting. It's not anything that we're supposed to be doing. You, I don't care if you're winning or losing. You're getting crushed in a real fight. Look at yeah. MMA. Look at every joke. Look at invisible jiu-jitsu dork who just fought in the MMA fight. His yeah, jiu-jitsu crumb. actually became invisible <laughs> completely. His jiu-jitsu literally completely went invisible because he's an asshat. Yeah. It's you can't, I don't care who your dad is. That's not fighting for God's sake. Is his judo yeah. good? Yes, it is. But you can't pull that nonsense. You can't. It's it's fighting for God's sake. And if you ain't got yeah. takedowns if you don't have wrestling or judo, and guess what? Every single judo throw that exists without the gi exists in wrestling. So I hit this no gi judo craps coming from a judo black belt under a judo Olympian is bullshit. It's called wrestling still. Every yeah. single throw that exists without the gi exists in wrestling every single throw it's nonsense there is no nogi BJJ. it's no pin catch wrestling there is no nogi freaking judo it's called freaking catch wrestling and there is no nogi sambo because they wear a kurka which in russian means jacket mm-hmm. so it's all bullshit there's just catch wrestling it's the only art that's ever all the way back to pancration that has only had no gi so you know what I mean. <laughs> the, i mean where the fuck's the IQ level on this shit? We're talking below room temperature. No. It's stupid. <laughs> it's plain stupid. You you can't fix stupid. You can't fix it. And people literally, it's it's like the question, here's, here's my, it's, it's similar to this question, fellas. How many times have you heard a student, now you, God bless him for asking, because guess what? I asked it too when I was a white belt. And I said, well, what if the choke's already in? How do I get out? And we all know the answer to that one is you You don't. Because if it's in, it's in. Otherwise, yeah. there'd be no such thing as submissions. Right. You know what I mean? If, if there yeah. was a way out once a submission, a real, perfect submission is truly locked in, they wouldn't exist.
0: Yeah, it's called tap. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's, these it's, jackasses yeah. want to yeah, tap. It's either
2: the end of the show. I mean, <laughs> something's breaking. So you're going out, or, or, or for God's sake, tap because we're at practice or in a match, right? Or, we're at a yeah. sporting event. But that's just the that's simplicity of that. So, catch is, you know. It's it's coming back bigger than ever, the art. And is it getting the recognition it deserves? Maybe not, but it's not because of anyone's specific fault. It's just the lack of digging and researching and, and being humble enough to step outside of your stupid Kool-Aid jar and use the brain cells that, 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 that you've been born with and think outside the box and be like, wait a minute, um, I don't have a gion. This is not the same thing. All this pressure, pressure, pressure. Well, what the hell's gentle about that? Um, Here's my gentle art, but all of a sudden I'm not being gentle. So, how am I doing jiu jitsu all of a sudden? Like, I don't do gentle yeah. jiu jitsu or anything. I'm doing something gentle. I'm not fighting. I don't know what the hell that's about. But, you know, like, like we were talking about Hegan, right? Mm-hmm. Hegan, I've done, been with seminars with him where, he, you know, it's one of the probably the reason he and Eric were, he and I, you know, Snake P USA technically with me and Eric with CSW are both under him, right? Mm-hmm. He loves the catch wrestling stuff because the same way he teaches BJJ is literally torture. Yeah. It's torture. He'll, and you train with him, Brian, yeah. you know, he'll, he'll literally do a whole seminar without a submission, without a pass, without anything where he's just torturing you from side control, North, South neon belly, going around to the point where you're just like,
0: eh, Everything's eh. Suffocating. You know, you're like,
2: yeah. you're dry heaving on yourself because he's just torturing the crap out of you. Right. Yeah, And he would talk about just, it's, but it's just that's why the programs go really well together for me personally at my academy. But, uh, to really put a label on catch is difficult. Um, you can say what, you know, that quote Barnett deserves credit for that quote of being the violin art. He doesn't get it very often. And whether you like someone or not, and I have no ill feelings towards Josh, but it doesn't matter. You got to give credit where credit is due. He was the first one to say that the violin art and everybody's wrong with it. Right. But it's, mm-hmm. it's very accurate. It is because every submission is legal, which as it should be, a submission is a submission is a submission. And the neck crank is not any more dangerous than a freaking arm bar. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, and ain't nobody been neck crank more than me. And trust me, my, my neck is, I mean, it's a mess, but it, that's more military stuff than it is anything from grappling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about pressure, really pressure, 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 and forcing them to react to you, not reacting to them. If that yeah. makes sense. Oh yeah, that's the basic. I mean, mean, that's the best thing of them.
0: It's it's funny. We get we get people that come in. You know, they go. They think like they're like superstars at wherever they train, and then they get. Ed makes a joke about this. Then they get introduced to their first shin ride. And then they they get pissed off. Yeah, they squeal like, (laughs) "Why'd you do that? You're a dick. You're why are you doing those dick moves? You can't do that." I'm like, "This is submission grappling. This is what I teach. If you don't like it, you can tap."
2: Well, these these are the same guys. You know, you you can't. What's the old saying? If 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 you don't have hater, yeah, we have. I I love my haters. We have an army of them because they either can't handle the standards, they've either been kicked out of our organization or just trying to make a name for themselves because we are the biggest catch wrestling organization in the world. So it happens, and it's funny because they're the ones that follow us more than anybody. They are our biggest (laughs) fans, and I I never believed that, but. (laughs) I used to just block everybody because it's the troll zone, right? And Because yeah. I do believe in quality control. And if you're bringing negativity mm-hmm. to our show, piss off. Yeah. Seek life elsewhere, dude. There's a million other pages you can go be a fanboy on. You're not even the flavor of the week. Nobody cares. You, you, you want It's like when people – and it's entertaining when you watch people do this stuff. Like a Jake Paul type person who calls people out to make a name on themselves. Right? It's entertaining to watch from a distance. But it's annoying as crap when people are just – you're like, who are you and what the crap? You know? Yeah like uh, it, it gets really old really fast because people try to make a name off of something off of something you've spent a fortune on building something with that you never wanted it to be about you it was supposed to be about something bigger our team this isn't the Joel Bain show this is Snake Pit USA team this is, this is Brian this is Ed this is this is our family. This is our team. Obviously, there's got to be a crazy leader, but it's more like I kind of see it like as a Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. I just pull the strings. You know, I don't need to be seen unless it's seminar time. I don't care about that nonsense. I probably need to shoot more videos. I know. You're all going to yell at me about that. Um, <laughs> it's, you know how busy things get, but it's, yeah. you, know, you, you know, I was going to say, you're not ready for success until you're ready for haters. And the more haters you have, the probably the better you're doing, honestly. Um yeah. Because the, the, the at the end of the day, like the old macho man used to say, the cream was going to rise to the top, <laughs> the crap's going to sink to the bottom, and we just keep rising. We just keep rising. And I'm never going to stop, and and I love it. Because I I, when I get it, it just fires me up more, and I go twice as hard. And it's it, I get a kick out of it now. It, it used to be like I'd be like, I'm getting a plane ticket, it like from like Jay and Silent Bob, and going to their house, and be like, Did you say this on Instagram? You know. <laughs> <laughs> And then you just knock them out because they forget. Dumbass, we're not grappling. I'm bringing a baseball bat. Um, (laughs) You really think we're just going to grapple after you ran your mouth? No. I'm going to drag your face across your freaking front lawn and start the concrete. (laughs) We're not having a freaking uh, jujitsu rules uh, guard pulling smack fest or EBI nothing. No, yeah. it's not working like that. But it, I get a kick out of people like that. Like you said, though, the shin rides, you put yeah. a shin ride on one of these, these, these guys and they're going to, they're going to squeal because yeah. they've never felt that. They don't understand what cutting bones are. They have no yeah. clue. And I, you know, refer to a cutting bone one, two or three. They're like, what? Like, well, that's why you can't do leg locks, right? Because the cutting bones your best weapon. Yeah. You know, we know that. And uh, that's another thing that's missing from a lot of, but you'll see more of it. Right. Yeah. As we keep putting it out there, hopefully
1: yeah the shin ride was my first shin ride that makes it sound so inappropriate but (laughs) (laughs) my first shin ride was really interesting because the amount of pain that i experienced on that was like oh my gosh i've never felt pain like this before but what was interesting is my mindset when i first um when it was like if this can happen to me i can do this to other people yeah right and and let's just say you know because i i told coach brian when i first joined PCI was that I'm I'm joining for two reasons one I have a dad bod because I got a you got a one-year-old daughter I'm trying to get rid of it and then two is that if I'm not in martial arts I feel my confidence level goes down I feel like I can't fight I feel weak and all this and that sure and so it was interesting because my mindset was in the set of if I if if he can put this much pain on me that means I can learn to put that much pain on my opponent whether that's in competition or whether that's ideally in a, in a street fighting situation, it's like, sure. I can control the other person. Right. It, it, it's almost in a sense through pain, I'm empowered. Absolutely. So the- yeah, it was, it was really interesting going through that. So like, yeah. I, 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 I always say that for PCI, your rite of passage into this is like, yeah, you have to have your first shin ride and we'll see what, whether you, you want to come back or not. I like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, Brian and I definitely agree on certain things like that. I, I'm not the, you know, no, no strong athlete comes from a weak coach. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. Um, it, there's not cuddles and hugs and, and throwing cotton balls at each other. Um, it, it's and this thing with intimidation. Stare downs don't intimidate anybody. Pain and pressure intimidate. It takes people out of their game very quickly. When you can put pain and pressure on someone, they're on the defense and they're squealing like a pig and it hurts. And yeah. that's what changes things. Like that shin ride you felt, right? You were like, holy crap, that hurts like a SOB. And, you know, I did that – the BJJ fanatics video was, and I, I was going to do more, but I honestly rather go back to our DVDs and no offense to BJJ fanatics. I just, that we send them a complete package. And if you ever watched their videos, this is not a knock on them, but they, they shoot like one angle. And if yeah. you ever watched our DVDs, we don't do that. We go every single angle. I need you to see every single detail. So they yeah. were freaked out when we sent them a complete product of every angle. Cause they were like, no, put your edits here, put your edits there. And I'm like, there won't be any. My my camera guy worked for Discovery Channel. He shot American, *Buying Alaska*, *American Chopper, and he's shooting the video. He's not going to send you this. Is, he's as OCD as I am. And mm-hmm. uh, now they compensated him stuff, but I really felt like that should have been a sneak USA video. But it's good also because what did it do? It, it got a little bit more really brutal catch wrestling stuff out there into mm-hmm. the judo main, or I'm sorry, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu mainstream, uh, you know, group. Or, I don't want to say community because it should be a martial arts community. I hate that there's there should not be a there shouldn't be a catch wrestling community. There shouldn't be a BJJ community. It's either a martial arts. You could say a grappling community, sure, right, or a striking community. I could be okay with that. My it's just my opinion, just me. Um, but the, yeah, those shin rides, man. Even if somebody just pulls guard, I love butt scooters and guard pullers. And by the way, you list guys listening, stop playing hands with them. That's why they're beating you. Wrestling one hundred and one, smash their head for God's sake. It pisses me off. Everybody wants to hand fight. You just played into their entire game. Stop doing it. It's easy as crap to destroy. If you you got to get 45 degrees and smash their head right into the mat. And you've got every <laughs> angle you need. Oh, my gosh. Why would you stand 90 degrees in front of somebody ever? It's, it's moronic. You're, you're, you just played into their whole system. You just played into their whole system. And hand fighting from there is no go. Anyways, that's my technique two cents. <laughs> but we we go through them like a like a buzzsaw. I get excited because people are terrified to do takedowns with us because I mean we joke around about the school calling it takedown town between our judo and the gi, you know, and 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 the Greco and the catch which just go together. Even Billy would say yeah. Greco influences catch heavily. Look, look at the tie ups. Yep. You know, he would call a, a shot a leg dive because in the '40s and '50s, if you were shooting like that, it was a it was a leg dive, not a shot. It was an act of desperation because it meant you didn't know how to tie up. But over time, what happens is you get athletes that are training on more plyometrics, explosive movements, and there becomes a technique to it, right? Yeah. But as we get older, how good are we going to shoot? Not. Not. But you can always tie up. Yeah. No matter how old I am, I'm going to be 44 next month, and, and I, you know, I'm a disabled vet. Does it matter? I don't give a crap because just, I just I don't care. I'm stupid like that. But. I'll get young guys from division one colleges and, and tie up with them. And it's not an issue at all. It's no big deal. I mean, I was, the, the I was the old man. So they have brackets at the U S open, just kind of like you do at Naga, right. Mm-hmm. For the Greco and freestyle national championships. So in the 30 plus bracket, I, I was a, a all American in Greco for that. It's kind of like, here comes your uncensored part it's like being a gold medalist in the special olympics nobody gives a shit but um but it still is all american which is cool right but you know i got there a little late i was i was literally i got to the air force wrestling team because of catch wrestling honestly yeah i didn't wrestle in high school man i didn't that was just working with a lot of wrestlers and working those tie-ups and then and then having floyd now floyd did come into a lot of privates with me for almost two years straight Um, and then I had Billy too. the stuff that Billy taught me, putting that together with Floyd really made a big difference, you know? Um, and I had to wrestle, I beat four guys out that were coming from division one colleges for those spots every year. And it wasn't a problem. And I did that first one with one arm because I had surgery with my, my, uh, my collarbone had been cut down from so many years of judo and, and, and wrestling where my shoulder would just pop out almost every workout from so many takedowns and my bicep was reattached and my labrum. And a month later, my dumb butt rolls in there because all my army buddies are like, they're like, bang, you got to get down here. The Air Force wrestling teams, you're on base and you'll kill these heavyweights. And I'm like, dude, you understand I had knee surgery two months ago, which it was only meniscus. So that's, it's a fast one. No big deal. Right. Mm -hmm. Meniscus is nothing. But this was a big one with the shoulder. (laughs) And I'm like, guys, I was like, you're nuts. And, and I said, why the hell is the Air Force Academy here, by the way? I'm thinking college, right? Yeah. I'm thinking college because I didn't even know there was – I didn't even know anything about the armed forces wrestling. I had no clue. I had no idea what level that – it's international, world-level wrestling. And But nobody – they nobody talks about that. So, yeah, I went down there. Rich Estrella was the coach there, first American to ever win a world championship as a Greco coach in the history of the country. And he looked at me with the sling and goes, what the hell am I supposed to do with you? I said, I have no idea, coach, but I'll wrestle you guys. Let's just go do it. He goes, game on. And uh, I duct taped my arm to my side like a complete idiot, which looking back probably gave me a huge advantage because nobody could underhook me on that side. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
2: Makes sense. Yeah, but, but catch really, catch did that for me, you know? And and, and going back full circle here, just to catch. Um, catch wrestling concepts made my jiu-jitsu better. Catch wrestling yeah. concepts made my judo better. And it, it, it got me on a team where Greco was the home. I mean, we, we trained, we probably trained freestyle. I think about a four or five month camp. And we probably did about, and that's five practices a day. Mm-hmm. And we probably did maybe three practices of freestyle and had multiple freestyle national champions just because of mm-hmm. Greco, because once you tie up with them, they can't tie up. They're waiting yeah. on that shot. You close the distance and they, the it's, it's over. And that goes back to a story with Floyd, Floyd and Floyd winter and uh, Dan Gable, where I don't know if it was 84 or 88, where, where Dan Gable had brought all his freestyle guys in Floyd's room for the Greco stuff. And he said, Well, I bet yeah. he goes, I bet you a few beers tonight that you, your guys, they can't, no takedowns, one minute, all my guys will take all your guys down. And Floyd's like, It's like two weeks out from the Olympics. Are you sure you want to do this? And he goes, Let's do it, you know? And within 30 seconds, all the freestyle guys are on the ground. And wow. he goes, No, no, no. All right, all right, switch it up. Let's go, let's go, part, tear down, belly down. You guys can't turn my guys. Now, you got to remember freestyle. Now, this isn't a knock on freestyle wrestlers because we know freestyle comes from catch, right? Mm-hmm. Greco does not. Um, but it does influence it heavily. There's a big argument there as far as timelines, which one's older a lot, right? It's They're both ancient. And a lot of people think Greco comes from France, which is complete bullshit. It actually comes from the Vikings. Um, even Billy would say that. Um, when in the hell did, did French wear armor? So <laughs> like, the samurai did, so they used throws. Similar to yeah. judo, right? Because of the armor. Mm-hmm. Well, who else wore armor, really? The Vikings did. It was a similar throw. You'll see the exact same throws in old drawings. There's nowhere in mm-hmm. French history anywhere you'll see any drawings of it whatsoever. Um, I don't know where the hell Greco-Roman, the term itself, comes from. but th- I'm quoting Billy on this, by the way, mm-hmm. um, just over at dinner. But yeah, within not even 30 seconds, every Greco-Roman, if they tripped-turned tri- tri- everybody. And Dan Gable was like, all right, we're leaving the room. Because <laughs> you can't get your you can't get your confidence down like that two weeks before the freaking Olympics. You know, it's like but they all everybody they I think the whole team won gold that year. It was either eighty-four in Los Angeles or eighty eight in Seoul, Korea. I can't remember which one exactly, but they were the they were the main assistant coaches. So it's a cool story. If I get off target, guys, y'all gotta yell at me because I'll go down I'll go down a rabbit hole. Yeah,
1: no, has like, got, no, it has got his list. Yeah, so he, no, it's all guy. good stuff. Ed, Ed, it's I, your I like. job
2: to keep me on point, Big Daddy. All right, you just holler at. Hey, me. man, no, it's, it's all good <laughs> stuff.
1: No, I appreciate it, but you know, I, I, transition actually, it, it's a perfect transition. You you do talk a lot about Billy Robinson, and you know, Coach brian talks about Billy Robinson, you know, both on and off the mat with me personally, and he mentions it on the show. And obviously, the both of you have trained under Billy Robinson. What was it like for you to train under Billy Robinson? What was his influence on you?
2: The concepts are the most important thing. Um, so, if you hear me teach now, I'll always say, if you can't, if you can't complete a submission in under an inch, you don't have a submission. You don't have crap. Um, I didn't have that before him. I didn't think. I, maybe I was doing it, but I didn't think about it as far as applying it. Um, and, and Brian, I know you can vouch for this. When you put your hand like a half inch in the wrong spot, he'd be like, what? He would say, you already lost. Yeah. And you'd be like, why? And not to be a smart ass, it would be a genuine question like, coach, why? What have I done? You know. And I remember my first time, I was already, I think it was like a four-strike brown belt my first time turning. See, so you think you got stuff figured out, right? You know, okay. And I already had my judo black belt. I'm sitting there listening to him. And he, he was an encyclopedia of encyclopedias that you just cannot even explain so let's say we're in a low defense obviously certain things had to be modified from positions from low defense and high defense down to using things more from the turtle because it's just more modernized but the techniques did not have to change it just meant we had to get lower into a more modern grappling but i'm not going to sit there in a high defense in a grappling match and give people those gaps and and Brian, you know, we have our gap system that we use, right? Yeah. If I yeah. open all my gaps, I just gave you everything. So, but Billy, yeah. it became every centimeter matters. Every single centimeter matters. Every step, every, every little movement. And again, it's, it was the same thing we talked about. It's, it's forcing reactions and causing entanglements, not waiting for a mistake. Nothing is based mm-hmm. on an opponent's mistake. You know, and, and and growing up BJJ originally, everything was what? Oh well, you you patient, 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 and eventually they'll make a mistake, and that's when you get your triangle choke or your arm bar, blah blah blah, and and that's okay. I'm not I, actually no, it's not. That's bullshit. I'm sorry, it's not okay. Um, mm-hmm. that's a piss poor mentality. That's a loser mentality. Because look at the ADCC; those guys don't make mistakes. Then they're doing twenty minute matches. They're not making mistakes they're getting caught in entanglements and going They're reacting properly. And the other mm-hmm. op- opponent has memorized the correct reactions and is ready to pounce. And that goes back to, and Brian, you know, this the three door concept with Billy, right? The two yeah. doors you close two, and when they go through one, you slam it shut on them, right? Yeah. The guys are applying that nowadays without realizing where they, I mean, is it a terribly original thought? I think so, because I think Billy was the first one to really come out and say it, but I'm not sure how familiar those guys are with that. Um, of him saying i post it up all the time so people see it because it's important um, but those little concepts of here's another example uh, that first of all those little centimeters do matter and the one inch to me is even too much for a submission if, if somebody's not tapping in one inch you're not breaking crap um you know every extension has a, a compression or ex, every submission has a compression or an extension but it has to be compromised as a there's a four there's four concepts that I use that i, I give Billy credit for with our submissions and the first one is compromising the second one is sucking all the slack out of everything everything and then actually strangling the submission itself i don't care if it's a choke or not doesn't matter it could be a double wrist lock it could be a heel hook it could be a cross side achilles or power achilles doesn't matter i don't give a crap you have to strangle the submission first lock everything down into a ball and then either extend or compress to finish and you will get the tap within probably less than a half inch if it's done properly with no muscle, but just squeezing your body down and using your entire body for the submission that, that all that credit goes to Billy, all of it, every bit of it. Um, I was going to say something else about him with, uh, so <sighs> Billy was fun to train with. So you could do a technique with him and I guarantee Brian knows this too. And, and, Brian, I know you've heard him yell at everybody, and he's yelled at me and said, you can't wrestle, just get out of here, you can't wrestle, and you're like, well, crap, that sucks, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. but then you'll hit that move perfect, right, and he'll say, now that's wrestling, right, (laughs) he'll say, now that's wrestling, that's catch wrestling, that's wrestling, and you're like, thank God, oh my gosh, I thought I was washed up, and I hadn't even got started here with (laughs) him," you know, and I'm like, (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm not. I, yeah, I've been through special operations courses in the military, and this old man's make me want to walk out the door and break the window. And <laughs> but the funny thing is, he was never like rough. He was just he just make you feel like you were a complete jackass. You know, like you were just incompetent. And but I mean, it, you don't take it too serious because nobody there left. You know, um, you just it is what it is, and you were going to deal with it. And it wasn't ever it was never meant to. Uh, demune you or break, drain you down is to get you to freaking focus and and really mm-hmm. pay attention. But what he also did, and he admitted this to me probably after a couple beers, beers. Uh, he always liked to go to this Applebee's <laughs> in, in Freehold, New Jersey. <laughs> we literally called it Billy's Applebee's because he probably went there about 15, 16 times. And uh, <laughs> so we, he would tell me, you know, and I remember this is a good example. He goes, he goes, Joel, do the salto. I'm like, well, shit, guys, there's about freaking 30 different saltos there's counters single leg saltos when they're on my leg there's all kinds of saltos which one do you want me to do and he goes just do the salto i know it's a setup i'm screwed no matter which i pick i'm no matter what i do <laughs> it's wrong. and i know it i'm walking into a freaking you know shrapnel trap from hell and i'm like f it let's go I'm just going to do your most basic. So I go in with a Hank, you know, Brian, you know, like Uchimata, right? Mm-hmm. I step in with a Hank. The yeah. most basic one I can think of that he teaches. I go in with the Hank and fly over into what a lot of people call a Japanese wizard, which is his basic mm-hmm. salto. Where you grab your tricep, grab the rear delt, pinch your head, yeah. and bridge through. Yeah. Or if you can't bridge yeah. no more, you kind of sit close to the foot and roll them over. And I yeah. bridged my ass off to where my head almost comes all the way to the ground, did it nice, and, and what I thought was fairly good, and you know, chasing, doing the best I could with it, and I thought it was pretty clean. And he's like, that's the wrong one. And I was like, well, I knew you were going to say that anyway. I I remember saying that. I go, well, (laughs) Coach, I knew you were going to say that anyways. I said, you want to tell me now which one you want me to do? Because I'll do it. And um, I can't remember which one it was that I ended up doing. I think it was actually off Russian tie, going into a short arm scissor. And then then kind of stepping in and launching into the salto. Mm -hmm. And uh, now he goes, now that's wrestling. Now he goes, do it again. I did it exactly the same way. I mean, I'm a drilling. I'm a drilling psycho. If you've ever drilled with me, there's no talking. It's if there is, it's like okay, hold on, we're missing a grip. Go, I'm missing a grip. Go. There's no break. We're not trying to like turn into a conditioning thing, but there's no sitting around. There's no. I can't understand drilling like that. I, I don't get it. We're gonna drill where that's the only thing we're forcing it to. So that's the only thing in our mind. That's the only thing in our life. That's the only thing that exists is that technique, and we're gonna drill that many times. And I always say three for three builds mem- muscle memory. If you can get more than that, that's fine. But I like three for three, because we're not just going one and one, because then you're thinking so much Mm -hmm. about the other person instead of working on yourself a little bit. And obviously, everybody has their own method. So this is just me speaking for myself. But I remember I did the exact same technique again. And I'm telling you, guys, identical. And he tells me how horrible it was and how I can't wrestle. And I'm like. Now, by this time, I'm already on the Air Force wrestling team, and I know I can wrestle. I'm I'm, be, I'm smashing all Americans in practice, at least for the first few weeks that my old body sits in. Because these guys are coming out of Oklahoma, you know, University of Oklahoma, Nebraska, and they're 22, 23 years old. I'm in my mid 30s by now. First few weeks is just me whooping them, and then old age, sorry, old, not old age, but athletic old age. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference between sport, old age, and, you know, no. right? <laughs> yeah. So I know that I can wrestle by this point, and but you still. He's the man. So you shut up in color. And I'm like, yeah, okay, it is what it is. You know, I'm like, want me to do another Though He goes, no, <laughs> <laughs> I think he thought I was being a smart ass. I actually meant it. I'll do another one. But we sat down that night at the old Billy Applebee's and he goes, do you know why I do that to you? And, uh, I said, uh, <laughs> I said to, to mess with me, I said, <laughs> I said, you want to see my reaction and have a good laugh? And he goes, no. He goes, same thing old man Riley did to me. He knew, you know, after I won, the, I think it was the 55 and 56 European championships in uh, in freestyle. He came back and Billy Riley took his, you know, his his, his awards and kind of set him aside, said, all right, now get on the mats. And I think he put him on the mats with Billy Joyce. Now, if you know who Billy Joyce was, Billy Joyce was the one that terrorized Carl Gotts' first practice. And Carl Gotts was like put into a pretzel for an hour. And and Billy Riley, Billy Robinson would say, Billy, Billy Joyce, whose real name was Bob Robinson, said he was the best catch wrestler he ever saw in his life. I mean, the man held the title mm. for 30 years mm. in England before Billy Robinson wow. beat him. So he would say, Billy Riley put me on the mat to humble me. He he goes, so even when you get it right, I'm going to let you know you did it right. We'll do it again. But I'm. Just, he goes, i am always been terrified of telling people, not terrified yet, that's not exact words you use. So forgive me if I'm a little off. I've always been concerned with giving people, okay, now you got it type mentality, because then you stop drilling, Mm. you stop drilling. That was his thing. He goes, you're going to stop drilling. If he knew me a little bit, I mean, we got to know each other. Okay. But how much time do you get? Right. Um, My kids actually got pretty close Though my daughter did an interview with him, which I actually finally found and I'm going to try and get the sound up on it so everybody can see it. It's really cool because she didn't even talk about wrestling. It's funny. And he said it was the greatest (laughs) because I didn't know he liked to fish. Who knew that? I didn't know that I can never see Billy fishing. He, I can see him screaming at the water. Where are you fish? Like yelling. <laughs> I, it's like, but can, can you imagine him being patient enough to be a fisherman? I can't No. I mean, Maybe with a stick of dynamite. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So that's just the way he was, you know, you had the, that whole do it again mentality really meant a lot to mm. him. And didn't come from him. It came from Billy Riley. He would talk about that a lot, you know? Mm. So yeah. that's why I always say, um, You know, you spend so many years under so many coaches. And if you really add up all the weekends with Billy and you say, okay, well, if you had these weekends and you had these camps, and you say, okay, maybe that's three times a week, hour and a half class, it comes out to what? Maybe nine or 10 months of training. Yeah. But okay, let's Mm -hmm. be real. The guys that went through the lines that did six months and were beating jiu jitsu black belts that have been training 20 years in the UFC. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways you can look at that. And if you really took it serious, and I'm a note taker. Um, I have over a hundred pages of notes. The entire Snake USA curriculum and, and concepts has to be based on Billy's concepts. Even if the mm-hmm. technique comes from Floyd Winter, who you know, I'm talking about an Olympic coach, you know, a legend and uh, one of the greatest amateur wrestlers ever, and or Rich Estrella, first Olympic wrestling world champion coach. Even if I take that technique and it's awesome, but it doesn't meet those catch concepts of Billy, I can't use them. Mm-hmm. I can't because it's not. It's not mm-hmm. going to match up to catch. It's not. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with mm-hmm. it. In amateur wrestling, it just doesn't match. It's it can't be a part of mm-hmm. our forte. It's going to fail. It's going to fail miserably. You know, does that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that was the, mm-hmm. his concepts to me were everything. Those those little centimeters here and and drilling until you literally hate a technique because when you when you get to the point where you hate drilling it, you're so sick of it. That's the move you're probably going to go to because you have it embedded into you where there's no thought. That's the true muscle memory, where yeah. you're reacting before you thinking. because you have to think, you're too late. You know, especially yeah. against somebody who's training eight hours a day, you know, our guy, we have guys that want to go to the ADCC trials this year. And I'm like, you understand you have to stop work if you really want to do this and come in and train like six hours, six to eight hours a day. You can't just come in at night or miss a couple of days a week and expect to go succeed. You know, yeah. um, it's, it's just different. And, and they're young guys and they'll, they'll figure that out. But, um, it is what it is
1: awesome i appreciate you sharing all about that so to transition yeah to transition into kind of the next thing was uh you know how how did let's talk about snake pit a little bit how did that all come about um obviously the heavy influence um and really direct influence um from billy robinson to you and so with snake pit how did that come together and that's a funny story it's
2: <laughs> glad I asked. It them. is, and, you know, I've only, I think I've only been asked that question once, believe it or not. um John Potenza was my old business partner, and he went out and he wanted to kind of go in a different direction with more NMA involved in Snake mm-hmm. USA. and And this isn't me knocking John. John's one of the nicest guys on earth. He's a great guy, um but it's always tough having business partners, no matter what. It's like it's like mm-hmm. a marriage, right? But it was a blessing in disguise so we have different preferences on technique, obviously. Um, He's more—he's more of a CSW guy as far as submission, submission, submission. But this isn't me attacking John. But any asshole can do a submission. How'd you get there? And can you get there on the world champion? That's important to me. And I need that Olympic level wrestling background, but with a catch concept. Um, mm-hmm. And Snake USA has is, is a is a catch wrestling affiliation. It's not an MMA affiliate. There is what the hell is an MMA affiliation? And they're even heard of one. <laughs> I mean, what is there? Is there one? I don't know. There's Jitsu, there's Muay Thai, know. there's boxing, there's everything else. What the hell is an MMA affiliation? I'm not, I don't get that. What, are the, what's, what program are they going to send you for that? Um, and plus, how many of them actually send out curriculums? So what really happened was in uh, 2010, I was still competing actively. And even though I'm a certified, you know, nutritionist and, and, and personal trainer and crap like that, you, you still need a coach, right? And I wanted to cut weight down to 224 for some grappling matches. And I usually competed about 265 for grapplers. This is back when Grappler's Quest was still around, which I love better than any of them because I always had the takedown tournament at the end, um, which was the best. They, I love that. Like, nobody's left but, except for the guys that are serious. And it's always, you know, college wrestlers and guys like that. And I always did really well at those. So I stick around to the very end and probably be more excited about that. I do the absolute division every time, the heavyweight division. I still do some key divisions once in a while at least 50% of the time and do very well. Um but I remember uh, we had Stephanie Sorako who was a, a ex navy uh, nuclear engineer that I worked with in the military. She was a contractor at that point and she was a, a former fitness competitor and nutritionist, like ridiculously intelligent. And I sat down with Stephanie and she was running a business online with stuff and she's like she's like you have these olympic coaches and all this stuff like this, why aren't you teaching people? And I was like I don't want to be a coach. I said, it's just, I I want to be a student and I want to compete. And she's like, then what? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <Is> it, <laughs> are you telling me there's an end to this? Like, what does that mean? And then what? Like this, this is it. I mean, we just keep going till the wheels fall off, right? Well, the, the wheels were starting to fall off. Don't worry. So <laughs> probably a little too soon because I never took very good care of my body. And, you know. When you put twenty years of active duty military in a combat arms career field with thirty-two years of heavy powerlifting, you know, and then mix that with twenty-five mm-hmm. years of grappling and MMA, you you created the perfect um, combination to really tear your body up, you know. And I'm not—I have no regrets, by the way. I'm not whining. I do not mm-hmm. feel sorry. I, I hate that feeling sorry for yourself candy ass mentality. That's not me, and I and I wouldn't change anything. But she was the one that was kind of like, just start something online that. She goes, you keep talking about this catch wrestling stuff that you really like. She goes, I know you like all this grappling stuff, but she goes, I've been Googling this catch stuff. Nobody's doing it the way you talk about it. And nobody has these coaches in wrestling like you've had. And even in jujitsu back then. And, and I'm like, well, let's get through some tournaments and then we'll talk about it. Right. And so she did that and it started getting in my head a little bit. Where I'm like, what if we do this? And the idea was to get more catch wrestling stuff, not to create some online bullcrap promotion system, because screw that noise. We're not playing that crap. That's that Mm -hmm. is. And and yes, people, they do sometimes believe that's what it is. They email me like, hey, so if I wrestle my brother in the backyard or train (laughs) with my wife. No, dude, you got to still go join a gym for God's sake. You have to be, I don't, care. <laughs> go find a good reputable, high re, good, good, you know, a good reputation, a good reputable BJJ school with a good no-gi program. And then, then pick up the technique that you can off the DVDs. And for God's sake, eventually you're going to find somebody you can drill with that actually understands grappling. That's going to want to, you know, an open mat time or after practice. You know what I mean? That little time that you get after rolling or whatever, just, just, just work mm-hmm. it and drill the hell out of it. Go on, work out on Sundays you know, but you gotta be yeah. doing this stuff. You can't just be like I don't know much about this, so I don't wanna knock anything I don't know much about, but I know they have the the Gracie um
1: what is the University? Yeah,
2: with the white belt but has a blue stripe through the middle. What do they call it?
1: Yeah, it's their um it's like their um yeah, the blue belt with the white stripe through it. Oh no, I'm sorry, the white belt with the blue stripe. It's like, like a their, type thing, right? Yeah, the Gracie Combatives belt. Is that a hundred percent online? And, I think it is, correct? That one, that one is. And so from my understanding, it's like, yeah, you go through the Gracie combatives program online, you have to submit a video and one of their instructors will, you know, promote you if you pass to get your white belt with blue stripe. You you and then suppose, yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then you can, and then, I mean, honestly, it's a great, it's a great sales filter because it, you can continue to train. And then if you want to get your blue belt, then you have to go to a Gracie training center. Which there's that's a whole nother story, sure. especially out here sure. where we're in Mission Viejo. I, Coach Brian can tell you about no, my yeah. experience of trying to when I was looking for jujitsu schools, like, yeah, Gracie was on the list because I didn't know anything sure. about I didn't know anything about the whole catch stuff. And a lot of people do. Yeah. And so, you know, he's telling me the guy from that school is like, Hey, why don't you come on down? You know, we have a gi for you, we'll give you a free class and da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And then coach brian calls me and spends over an hour and a half talking to me about all this stuff and i'm like okay well you spent all this time let me go over there i didn't even step foot in the gracie school it's like i'm done with this i'm not even interested because it it was just interesting yeah you can go online watch the videos over and over and over and then yeah take a video of yourself and i've seen you can go on youtube and type in like gracie combatives you know belt combatives belt Mm. test And people upload their videos on YouTube and it's, it's just, it's interesting because it's like, okay, I see what you guys are trying to do. I I get it. Do you know
2: how many hours it is? I'm not, I'm not trying to knock it. I'm just curious. I I honestly don't know
1: no i don't know how many hours it is um i just know that i think it. from I'm what joking, i I'm <laughs> <laughs> hey it might be a fun experiment it might be a fun experiment and i'm gonna start if i get that belt i'm gonna start wearing it around wait, pci wait, I... just to just to annoy coach <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah, <I know>, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah yeah i know right <laughs> No, I think, it, I, I I think it's like what the 32 principles or whatever it is. I, and I, then I as I've long as you can demonstrate before. all that, then yeah.
2: So. so we never wanted snake USA. And if that's what they do, that's their business,
1: right? Like none of mine,
2: none of mine, but snake mm-hmm. USA cannot be that it cannot. Um, obviously we want our students to be training at affiliate locations, but do we have one in every town? No, it's impossible. And people will write us and be like, Hey, open a school here. Open a school in Manhattan. Ugh. Yeah. I'll bring my tools. Uh, it doesn't work like that, bro. <laughs> I mean, find me a motivated coach that's qualified. And the, one of the reasons I the Gracie Combat or the, the what well, we know now, the Gracie Combative thing, mm-hmm. during COVID, a lot of old school, really credible schools here in Jersey, a lot of old hats that have been around running legitimate BJJ schools that were, you know, good dudes that I had known, they went out of business. And what was happening was mm-hmm. we were getting a ton of applications come through for affiliation, from guys that had only been through the gracie combative online training saying i want to open a school and i'm like why don't you go be a student for about 12 more years you know what i mean and then if i'm still alive write me back because like dude i don't i don't get that like for god's sake you're not even a, a blue belt you're gonna open a school what are you gonna teach